Hey everybody, welcome to the I Can't Help You podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are coming to you from the Made Life Studios. If you want to learn a little bit more about Made Life, you can look at madelife.com. We're offering some pretty cool things here these days, right Justin? That's right. Yep, and I always do that awkward introduction where I say hi to Justin, and there it is. I met, actually got to meet Justin. I got to meet Justin's significant other today, the burrito bringer. Yes, you did. Thank you, Renee. And uh, it was quite a morning, but you now have coffee. We're on board with that. And to my left is Lauren, our producer, who's here today. Sorry. What do you say, Lauren? Am I loud enough? You're loud enough right now. Okay, good. I think it works pretty good. And before we get too much further, because you just reminded me, will you tell us how our listeners might find us on social media? You can find us on Instagram at at I can't help you pod. Same thing with, well, we're going to work on the uh, Twitter. Yep. It's going to be the same thing. Going to put it up in a few hours. Okay. Facebook, I can't help you. Um, and you can find us on iTunes. I can't help you. Okay. Which reminds me, we need to take a picture at the end of this so that we yeah. can get these guys on there. Okay. Yeah, awesome. And we have Coral and Will for. I'm doing it. I knew I was going to block it. What's yeah. your last name, guys? Fresh Corn. Fresh Corn. Fresh corn. Fresh corn. I, um, and, and they are the owners of the most amazing, cool store that we have in Boulder. Uh, great. Uh, I'm going to let them talk a little bit about it. But basically, it's a meat and cheese shop. And great. My friends that come to town who like wine, they love the wine that you got in the back. Um, really innovators here in Boulder. You guys have like... Your shop is unbelievable. I don't want to flatter you too much, but um, I'm a huge fan, and a lot of people are huge fans. Welcome to our podcast. We're really glad to have you here today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. it's second only to Made Life in Boulder. Oh yeah, well, Made, <laughs> Made Life's a little cooler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You said but, the coolest but, shop. So. <laughs> There's less cheese. <laughs> but we don't really sell anything. So people who sell that, you guys sell cool things and things that add tremendous value to people's lives. So we really, we really appreciate. It. It's great to have you here. We're, we're, we're there are neighbors here on East Pearl. Uh, so it's it's great to have you guys here. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. So I've heard some stories about you guys. I've never met you before today, obviously. So this is kind of exciting. Um, I know that you eat leftover waffles of your kids in the morning. You have children. How many children do you, t- you guys have? Two little boys. Two little boys. How yep. old are they? Our littlest just turned two yesterday oh and gosh. then four and a half. Oh, my gosh. Okay, awesome. Well, shout out to your boys. I want to say hi to them. Um, but I've heard um, some pretty cool stories about... Uh, so, so something about you dropped out of school, went to Spain, and the two of you went together. Is that right? You both went to Spain or you joined up? Tell us a little bit about the story and how you came into, how you, eventually you got to, to Cured. So Will had been living on and off over in Spain for five years? Yeah, five, six years. Five or six years. He's a professional cyclist from over there. Oh, right um, Raced all of the European races. And then he and I met. I was pretty young out of college, and he asked me if I wanted to move to Spain. Right. We'd been dating for about a month. I so it was a sure, trick question. why not? So it was a trick question, actually. <laughs> Best answer, yes. <laughs> so we moved over to Spain, and we lived there full-time for about two years. Oh, cool. Um, Will stopped racing, was working with the team. I, as much as it was amazing living in Spain, being young, wasn't quite ready to not ever work. Mm. Um, and so we wanted to find what our next path was. Yeah. And both of us loved food, loved wine. Yeah. We're slightly smart enough to not open a restaurant. Yeah. But still stupid <laughs> enough to open a retail store. Yeah. Yeah. But and what inspired you? How did this? How did it come to be? It was honestly just stuff we loved. I think we lived in this really cool town. It was called Girona or yeah. northern northern Spain. And it was a walking city. You walked everywhere. So yeah. you didn't go to the grocery store. You went to little neighborhood shops. Yeah. And we had like the four or the five that were on our circuit. And 
and realize Boulder has this amazing food scene. Um, we have more grocery stores per capita than anywhere else in the country, yeah. random fact. Yeah. Um, but there was nothing small. There was nothing that was like little and independent. You walk in and, and you'd see the same people every day and they recognized you and what you took home the last time. And sort of like that connection to food yes. was the big thing that we felt we didn't have. And we didn't have a cheese shop. Right. Um, we ate a lot of cheese. Yeah. Um, so we said, let's let's be dumb enough to do that in Boulder. And uh, we, we think there's still room for it. There's this niche and let's uh, let's try. And we wanted to do something together. Um, as Coral said, we were just smart enough not to do a restaurant. Yeah. Um, but retail's not far off. Yeah. Well, and, it, and it's also your vision had to be super strong because it, as I look at it, like if somebody came to me before Cured and said, hey, I want you to invest in this place. Oh, people there's, thought we were There's idiots. no parking, yeah. right? There's no parking. Um, we're going to specialize in cured meats, cheese, and wine. I'm like, sounds cool. But I have no idea how you're actually going to pull that off. And so it sounds like part of the missing ingredient, no pun intended, was really about this this nurturing of community. That this idea that the intention, the intentionality around community and 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 what you were putting out there is that safe which to goes say? together with food, right? Yeah. Good food, good wine. You you don't sit there by yourself and eat it. You. You enjoy it with community, with friends. And I well, I sit there by myself and eat it. I do too. Oh, but that's a problem. <laughs> but that's my own problem. Average people are smarter I'm than I'm totally that. kidding. Yeah. But even that was why we decided we wanted to be on the east end of Pearl Street, where there still is no parking, but east end has an incredible community around it. You're part of the neighborhood. And our hope was that instead of going to the west end, where you sort of set yourself up more as a tourist attraction, right. we realized what we needed was going to be a local and a community to support us. Yeah. And so by positioning ourselves even that little bit further east, you're able to connect with all of the people around us. That's that's really smart. Did, and our you, roommates, Boxcar, we share a space yeah. um, with another business. Right. Um, and it's a complimentary business. They do coffee, amazing coffee. They roast, um, they wholesale all over. And this was kind of their like, you know, we need to do a, a cafe. Um, and by smashing these things together in a space, it's, it's active all day long. Um, yeah. From seven o'clock when they open until seven o'clock when we close. There's never a moment where there's nobody in there, which is it's awesome. incredible. It's fun. It's incredible. It's yeah, wonderful, and it's a huge addition because otherwise, it's it, it's the kind of thing that keeps Boulder special. Is that we have some independent businesses that that serve the community locally, have a cool vibe, have this idea of being able to serve some. And and when I travel, and I, I travel quite a bit, most towns are really lacking that now. And I think it, it we used to have that in most towns, right? Like you had the butcher, you know, or you had a really small grocery store where, you know, maybe they even delivered or whatnot. You had a coffee shop perhaps or a diner in those but days. it's it evolving wasn't... away from that. It's changing. It's all changing. Everything's big boxes. Like yeah. you said, mm-hmm. all these big stores and you can go, you know, into them, but you're, not, you're anonymous in those stores. When you come into Cured, you're not really anonymous. You're Which is better or worse? You're labeled. <laughs> <laughs> you're profiled actually. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have facial recognition. You walk in the door. You know, we, we have these screens inside our eyes. It I've pops seen, up all your information. It's I amazing. was wondering how you always knew what I wanted. You know, yeah, it's, it's it's all technology. Thing. That's awesome. How? Tell me. Tell me what the the visioning process was like. Was this something that you saw, and does it look today the way that you thought it would be, or did it adapt and change a lot from the earliest inception of Hey, we should do a shop? It's adapted and changed a bunch. I think it's morphed and grown, sort of based on what the community needs, what we need to actually survive as a business. When we first started and wrote our business plan, it was essentially a much smaller scale cheese shop. And there was Will and I and one other person working with us. Yeah. At this point, we've got 23 employees. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. It takes something. a team. <laughs> it takes a team to sort of operate through the entire thing. 
And talk to me a little bit about curation. Like, is, I, I think that's the right word. How do you yeah. curate your cheese and your 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 meats and stuff? Because for somebody who doesn't even know, and I don't even know how to say charcuterie, is that the right way? Close. How do I charcuterie. say charcuterie? Charcuterie. Yeah. yeah. Like, can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what what you know? What's the difference between just you know Oscar Mayer crap in the refrigerator and the stuff that you guys sell? You know, for someone who might not know. I think that's one of the fun parts of the job. We get to taste a lot, yeah. a ton. Sometimes too much for you. Like, no, no more. Just, just stop. Um, but, but over time, and and for us, this whole thing started out of passion. You know, we love, we love eating. We love drinking. We were lucky enough to travel and expose ourselves to some great stuff and develop our palates. Nice. And now we get to choose things that we think are amazing and champion those. Yeah. Um, you know, real products. People. You know, things that are made by people using great ingredients. You know, made in classic techniques. Um, a product that kind of stands for something and, and we actually get to be, for the most part, we get to be the face of the people making something really cool. That's awesome. Um, they're, they're in the trenches making it. Um, we get to be the connector, the last, the person that puts it together with the, you know, the person that's taking it home to enjoy it. So who are some of your vendors? So what we actually did that makes our business unique, but also complicated. When we first back moved back from Europe, we had this idea of this kind of European style grocer, but we knew we wanted to champion the products that were made here in the States. There's so many incredible authentic producers here and everybody has this idea of specialty coming from Europe, but why can't we present what specialty coming from the US. So we got back from Europe, jumped in a car three days later and spent four months driving the entire perimeter of the country, camping, mountain biking, and meeting with different producers, meeting the goats, the farmers, the visiting similar style shops. And gaining those initial, we did meet a lot of goats. Some amazing little goats. <laughs> Nigerian dwarf the dwarfs? goats. Oh. Wow, we really? want one. We all want one. Wow. <laughs> So, um, so you traveled around, you're meeting all these people, you're seeing around. how people produce it, you're getting to know the people and stuff. And it seems like that has translated into what, what, what Cured is. Exactly. And, then and it we grounded just... us here in America after being gone for a little while too, which was really fun. Mm. Mm. And then developed a good relationship with FedEx, whereas a lot of shops have to, you go through a distributor because they pull all of the products together and then you order from them and they right. come and they drop off at your door. But we knew we had such strong ideas of working with these specific people we'd met and bringing their product to Colorado that had never been. Yeah. So we would send them a FedEx label, they'd box up a sh they'd um, pack up a box for us and then ship it back to us so that we could have that kind of different unique selection that we really believed in. And is that how you still do it today? Is a lot comes from our friendly FedEx man. Yeah. So you don't not not any distributors really. We work with distributors for some of our core product yeah. drinks, um, yeah. you know, staples that are just you always need around, but for all the fun stuff, yeah, you know that stuff largely comes from a person, yeah. And there are even a handful of products that we get that that have distribution channels, yeah. But we still work with them directly because rather than like you know, cool, this this distributor gets three hundred wheels of cheese, right. you know, he goes back in the cellar and chooses the three that he thinks are looking great and sends those to us, yeah. And the quality is just that you know teeny bit better, yeah, which is fun, yeah. And you maintain a personal connection, absolutely. I don't drink wine because um, I end up in Vegas with people I'm not supposed to be with when I drink, but. There are friends of mine who are real wine connoisseurs, right? Like, like I like to call them snobby wine people, and um, who who come. Who come who can, does that? Sorry, Justin. Hey, Justin, laugh. It's make a millennial laugh day, everybody. Um, so, and then when they come to your shop, they basically, well, here's the deal. If I'm, if they come here uh, to, and they're visiting, I know that when I drop them at your shop, I'll get a sandwich, I'll eat it. And they're going to be in there another 40 minutes checking out wine, pairing with cheese, you know, doing this whole thing. And basically, long story short, they're like, they've got amazing wine selection as well. 
what makes for an amazing wine selection? Like, how does that happen? It seems like that couldn't be that hard. You just order some great wine, whatever that is. How do you guys choose wine? You know, I think one of the fun things is it's a lot like the products up front. We try to pick things that we want to champion. Um, and wine, wine's even harder than cheese in that it's just vast. Yeah. You know, what's available in the world of wine from everywhere in the world, um, it goes forever. Um, mm. So we kind of go, rather than we need a $10 Pinot Grigio, a $15 Pinot Grigio, a $20 Pinot Grigio, we go, we want to fill this little teeny room, it's only 200 square feet, with stuff that, that we're really into and we want to take home ourselves. And I think across the board, you know, our, our final cut for any product is if for some reason whatever we buy of this in the first round doesn't sell, are we stoked to take it home? Mm. Um, yeah. And we buy wine that way. Um, yeah. And we try to buy it from, from small producers, you know, people that are making it by hand. There's a lot of biodynamic and organic and natural stuff in there. Yeah. Um, and it's small. Because you were so small, you can't have anything that you don't really love. Yeah. Um, and I think that makes a big difference. And I also think that Ability, Will's done does all of our wine selection, our tasting. He's got, it's a really fun palette that he works with. But we have, in a certain way, the added benefit of our room is so small that every single bottle in there is hand sold to you. You don't go into a big wine shop like a lot of people do and you've got to go for a label you recognize or a shelf talker. There's always somewhere in, someone in there to guide you through the wines. And so it enables us to work with slightly quirkier grapes, varietals people aren't as familiar with, labels that are a little off the beaten path because we can share the story and again, serve as that liaison and that connection to it. Yeah. And so it enables a slightly more unique collection. Yeah. yeah. And you can offer great values that way. Right. I think there's something fun when you do something that, you know, people come in sometime, look around, I don't recognize a single label in here. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's the goal. We, yeah. We get the stuff that you're not going to find everywhere else that's right. awesome. And we're right. going to share that and introduce you to it. And have an experience. How long have you been in business there now? Seven years. Seven years. Seven years. That's awesome. We're still there. That's awesome. I know. Mir miraculous, right? That's, it really did you, is. Did you, did, is this how you imagined it? People ask me that as an entrepreneur sometimes. Is this how you imagined it? It was going to be a lot easier. We were going to make a lot more money. Yeah. Um, and have we're going to have all this more time. Well, it's because yeah. it'd be just you and that one employee it's plus all chill. the same money you're bringing in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it's going to be great. <laughs> right. But we definitely eat, drink as much wine and eat as much cheese as we imagined. That right. pops us, Jack. <laughs> no, that's nice. And and more or less it is. I mean, I feel like it's kind of amazing looking back. The, the initial vision for the shop, it still kind of holds that. Mm. You know, certain parts are, are busier than others. You know, we have a full catering department that we never imagined. You know, with next week we have, you know, we're feeding a thousand people at three events. Wow! Um, you know, there's just a lot of outside of the shop activity too, which is really fun. Yeah, a gifting business. Yeah, we always thought, oh yeah, we'll put together a gift box people will take. But now that's you know thousands of boxes that we ship all over the country. Wow! Um, if you want to send something fun to you know Aunt Marge in Alaska? Yeah, we'll send her a box that'll get there tomorrow. What if um, Aunt Marge lives in Iowa? We can do that too. Okay, it's even cool. easier. It's not yeah. just Alaska. I'm just making sure. No, no, Alaska and Hawaii. You know, just just those two states. Okay, cool. Their access to cheese is limited up there. But what's what's really cool about this to me, and and it kind of ties into my interest in business, is that I I'm a great believer that what's lacking in our culture the most at this point is community. Right. right? I mean, we we have communities, but if our community is only online, right? Like if. If my, and I know people who like their social life is based in and around Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and no shame That's in wild. that. I'm I'm in there too. Like I do some stuff, but basically, I feel like we've been as as the big boxes have come in, and as we shop online more, and as as our technology has advanced, we've begun to lose the value and skill as a society of relationship. You know, getting to know people, looking them in the eye. Oh, check this out. Oh, this is why. And 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 the product is almost irrelevant. It's not. Yeah. Like I get it, it's really, really important. But 
my guess is a big, and I know part of the reason I go to Cured is because I know that it's a community-based place. I know, like, you can feel it when you walk in. And so it's fascinating because it's almost bucking this trend, really, you know, to me, where a small shop still can make it um, if the ingredients are right, if if the vision is right and it's clear and people, you know, know what that is. And I think that that offers hope, especially to younger people who are looking at, like, what the hell am I going to do, yeah. you know? Because those of us who are entrepreneurs, it's like, I don't know about you, but I wasn't thinking this when I was 18 years old. Okay. It's like one thing led to another <laughs> and then you take you make a leap, you know? So. So I, I find it very inspiring. I think what you're doing is really cool. Thank you. No, I think I think experiential retail, right? Yeah. It's how do you how do you make shopping fun? Right. Um, toilet paper, you know, it can get delivered to the door. But if I want to go buy, you know, great fish, or if I want to buy cheese and charcuterie, I want I want to go in there and taste it and look at it and yeah. and have that and and also fully enjoy it. Where it's not like oh yeah, I have to go buy there and get this stuff on the way home. But it's like right. oh yeah, I'm gonna go buy here and right. you know grab some. Grab something fun. Yeah, have um, an experience, which is part of your senses and a whole lot of other things. And I think you time. see that in retail. There's, there's starting to be that little you know, kick back, buck the boom of, of like, yeah, little retail can be fun yeah. because it's unique. Yeah. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping that there's a return to the smaller shops. You Downtowns know? are cooked otherwise. I know. They really are. And there's so much vacant space. Even in a super popular town like Boulder, the retail space, it's really, it's tough. It's tough. We all know unless you can produce the revenue, it's a, it's a tough thing to do. But I think people want to spend their money in sensible ways and in ways that they feel connected That's to. That's the thing that, again, we're really lucky with in Boulder is people want to champion you. I mean, Whole Foods has an amazing grocery department, cheese selection. If you want, you can get everything you need there or right. at Safeway or at King Supers. Right. But we are lucky to be a part of a community where they want to go out of their way to walk a few extra blocks, not mm -hmm. be able to park right there. And support you and engage with you and be a part of that community. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of that, what would you say to younger people who are kind of looking for their own vision? They know that they want to do something. They know that they want to be in a certain area, but they're maybe being faced with that, oh, that's not realistic, or retail's gone to crap, or what advice would you give? Because a lot of our listeners are people who are younger people who are kind of searching for a way. If you're young, you can go for it. Try it. If you don't, no one's going to. Right. And and there's a completely good chance it'll work. Yeah. There's a completely good. There's a great chance it won't. But you know you can't take those same risks when you're when you're older. That's so and true. Later in life, I mean, unless you've you've built some insulation, you know, financially, you you have to have you have to do stuff that's safe. Or when you're young, you can go for it. Yeah. And yeah. that's I feel like you see a lot of young people doing really cool stuff right now, acknowledging that they have the flexibility to. Yeah. And if they fail, you know, awesome. You're gonna learn something from it and keep going forward. Yeah. And do it before you have kids. Oh yeah. So we right, I mean, that's what I say. Our business wouldn't be here if we started it after we had kids. Isn't that interesting? Because yeah. it man, I feel the same way. Yeah. Throw yourself into it. Right. One hundred percent. It has to be your only focus. And right. we worked all day, every single day. We opened the shop. We closed the shop. We were. Yeah, we were on the floor sixty-five yeah. hours a week, and that didn't really count as you know, like the work stuff we had to do. Right. Right. Both of us. Yeah. And you can't do that now. No. No. We have little humans. Yeah. This is a priority. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so tell me a little bit more. What are the plans? Are you planning to just stay where you're at? Are you guys planning on opening up other shops? What's your What's your vision for the future? Where do we go from here? World domination. Yeah, that's cool. That's very in these days. 
No, Elon's been inspiring. Elon has, yeah. Wanna put some space, put some cheese in space, yeah. you know. By the way, I was saying to these guys before, if you have not listened to Joe Rogan's podcast, like I need to be plugging Joe Rogan. If you have not listened to Joe Rogan's uh, podcast with Elon Musk, I highly recommend it. And if you're not listening because you just think he's some weird pot smoker or something, that's ridiculous. The stuff that this guy has to say is beyond, it, it'll blow your mind. It's like pretty crazy. Like, like uh, really, really insane stuff. So anyway, I just want to, you know, those guys really need my help, Alon and Joe. It's nice and of you to get it just, to they, them. They, I just want to say I'm, they're getting my stamp of the, the I can't help you stamp of approval. Well, wait, yeah. we, need, we need help, though. Okay, we need help. Because we're in the place where we're going, yeah. what do we do? Oh, let's talk right? about that. We've got a business that, like, it's kind of working. We're finally almost making it happen. Yeah. Seven years in, we've made some mistakes. Yeah. And now we get that finally fun choice. Finally almost making it happen, like almost making the money you want to make. Yeah, or just making some money at all. Oh, okay. So uh, it's been kind of a break-even proposition. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh. groceries, it's, the, the, the product we sell is people come in, this stuff's expensive, but it's not expensive because we're charging a bunch for it. It's, right. You know, it's just. To source it, that's high, what it costs. It's a high-quality product. Yeah. Um, and there's not a lot of margin in it, and we yeah. need some good people. Yeah. Um, we need a team of good people. Yeah. But it's, you know, kind of finally trying to figure it out. We had right. no idea what we were doing when we started this. I rode bikes. Coral is in graphic design. Yeah. So yeah, that, that qualifies us as business owners. That's the, well, no, it does. And that's the entrepreneurial dilemma. I think a lot of people who see entrepreneurs, they think you went to school for this or you planned it for a long period of time or this has always been you your You just dream. have to know how to work hard. Yeah, I mean, and, keep and, digging. And, and I think a willingness to fall forward and take a risk and follow something. I think it's faith. I'm not saying it's faith in something outside, but there's a level of faith. Faith you, in yourself that you can do your, it. Yes, 100%. You just keep keep jamming a hundred percent but a lot of people lack that and blame others and different things for not doing it so i'm always trying when i'm talking to people is find that piece in themselves like what was it that helped you push through you think it's because you had good parents do you think it was because you know you you had each other like what what is the thing for you that said you know hey we're going to open up a wine shop even if it fails it won't be a mistake we have to do this wine and cheese shop and charcuterie chaka chaka charcuterie I think that's how you say it. Absolutely. I think it was that fun moment of going like, we are in a place where we kind of can. I'd finished something that I've been doing for 10 years. We yeah. were on this road trip through Southern France and going like, ah, we're not really stoked with what I'm doing right now. I'm, yeah. I'm working a bunch and we're in Spain, but I'm like sitting in an office and Coral's like, are we, are we just going to do this? Like, if we don't do it now, we're not. So it really Just pull cool. the trigger. As usual. Oh, yeah. It's, it's usually. Completely. Yeah. No, we schemed the idea, but I would have just sat there and like mauled it and kept planning yeah. it and playing with numbers and looking at it. And just you'd like, be no, like, let's you'd be do like this. on a computer on a stationary bike if it weren't for her. Oh, completely. So it's you know a dark little padded room. Yeah, you know, it's, completely. Uh, I understand. I always tell people I'd be playing video games and smoking pot in my parents' basement if I hadn't met May. <laughs> like I'm done without May. I'm just kind of like a guy with a bunch of ideas by himself. Team. Yeah. It really is. It's a big. It's a big deal. Is that true, Coral? Is that true? You kind of push this. I thing? do remember yeah. we were driving our. <laughs> Car across we South by, like, France. Carcassonne we had this awesome along, yeah. old Renault Scenic minivan. Yeah. It was oh, pretty that incredible. Thing. Her nice. name was Rita. Nice. Um, and we were driving her across <laughs> the south of France. She was vibrating and just a little bit. We were above 60 miles an hour. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and we were just scheming, scheming, and Will really will. He'll work an idea and continue it and come up with all of the amazing facets you need. Yeah. But I was like, well, let's stop thinking about it. Let's just do it. Nice. And I think a couple days later, we decided it to book tickets back home and follow and just it. do it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So the idea is figure out how to make this more scalable for yourself, right? Like to figure out, okay, great, we've got this great concept. Now, how do we work out the edges so that from a business perspective, it's it's making the money that we want it to make, right? And it's kind of a fun place right now where we, 
you know, we can keep honing things and we go, you know, people all the time, like, we've got this amazing space. You guys should do one of these here. You should mm. do one of those. We'll help mm. you do it. Like, mm. my money's out there, all this stuff. Then, right. then you go, kind of what we have here is really cool. If we can make this work and support it, right. to have true mom and pop, you know, where we're still tied in and present and, and able to give it that love. It's, um, a, it's a beautiful thing. And I it's like, be can you be happy with, yeah. with something that's, that's really cool and not almost sacrifice some of that to yeah. for for big growth right, um, right. which is really tempting and, and it's you know i think when you look at it from a like grown-up perspective maybe from like people might call it like a business perspective you you're right. supposed to make it bigger because right. then it you know theoretically you might be able to make more money right um but every once in a while it's pretty sweet to be like oh this is this is cool what we've got's kind of rad well and when you talk to people most people who have started businesses they they look back fondly on the first days right but, uh, like Creation. And I do that too. Like I love all the things that have happened for me and I through what we've done, which has been fantastic. And I feel so like incredibly lucky to have had the opportunity to just make a living and not have a boss in Boulder has been like, that was, that was cool. the dream. That was the dream is like anything above that will be fantastic. But as you bring more ideas into fruition and stuff, it's like more people, more problems, more issues. And I'm not whining right now. Like it's all conscious and stuff, but there's something really, really special about the earliest days when it's just the two of you and you're just like grinding, you know, because there's a there's a great I mean, it's amazing for a relationship. If you, if you can hang oh, yeah. in there, if you can hang in through all of it, it's kind of a, it sets a, a deep rooted foundation, I think, for having kids and other things later. So, yeah, we opened our shop then six months later, got married. Then two years later, had started having kids. Yeah. I mean, it's. Kind of went a little remodeled bit the house first. in there. Remodeled the house in there. want you to go for everything. So you did it all at one yeah. time. So, <laughs> so now things are crazy. pretty chill. Yeah, good. yeah it's just like business good. and kids. Good. What do you guys do for fun? What do you do outside of uh, your work? We get outside and play a lot. We still ride bikes a lot, nice. run. Yeah. Spend a lot of time at the bike park and the playground these days yeah. with a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Nice. Of course. <laughs> yep. Like outside escape while breathing hard and sweating a little bit is like our is our balance. Yeah. That's how that's it makes us happy. You said you, had a quest, you said you had a question for me. Oh, yeah. What's where, What should we do? Should we make it bigger? Should we keep it what it is? Um, do you want to fund? He uh, can't you help us. I think oh, yeah, I can't, I can't oh, help you. I can't help you. But if I could, what I would say is keep the focus on the heart of what you're doing and add things like catering and high margin pieces to make up the difference financially from what you want. Sage. That's basically what I would say. That sounded like help. Well, it, it's how one interprets what I say, right? So if somebody else says that that was helpful to them, that's awesome. Um, but then if I was really saying it was helpful, then I should be like charging you for the, like, so, so I, I say it like this. I feel like I put things out there that gives hopefully people an opportunity to choose what they want to do for themselves. And if that happens to be helpful for them, that's great. But it's not actually me giving help. Well, Lauren had us put down a credit card when we walked in to uh, pay for the help that we're receiving. Well today. done, well done, nice Lauren. Job. Nice, Lauren. Yeah. We didn't know that we were generating I, revenue off of this, but because uh, this working. show, I, mean, oh, I know what I'm doing. Hold on, I just got a note. Um, this show is being brought to you by Cured. <laughs> What's the address of Pearl Street? 1825. 1825 Pearl Street. And sweet cow. And sweet cow. Oh, yeah. We love your sweet ice cow. cow. We love the your ice cream. It's time to send us some checks. Yes. We're ready for some checks. Even your vegan ice creams are really awesome. Yeah. And that's really hard to do. I can't help you flavor. That's what we want. We want our own flavor. I can't help you flavor. I'll get what would that it. be? What would that be, actually, Lauren? What do you think? I can't help you? I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely feel peanut butter. Peanut butter? Involved, for yeah. sure. Peanut butter being there. Maybe some raisins or something. Something boring. Yeah. That sounds gross. M&M's? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. 
I, yeah. I'm thinking boring with a little twist. Boring with a twist. Like, like maybe, maybe it looks like vanilla, but yeah. it's actually, I don't know, maybe. Let's go molecular on this. I like that. Ooh, you know, ooh, make I it like look mo- like this, taste like that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That sounds pretty good. Or maybe some kind of, hmm, I don't know, n- not marshmallow, but yeah. just something bizarre. What if you just well, go frozen ice? So someone gets it and they're really excited for ice cream and you give yeah. them just like a bowl of shaved ice with no flavor, nothing. And sorry, I can't help you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, you know, shattering dreams. <laughs> like, like, like kids start crying. Actually, yeah, you yeah. just actually Parents a little bit crying. of milk, a little bit uh, of milk, some sugar, ice. And maybe some disturbing. He just goes, "This is the I can't help you scoop." You yeah, and it's, it's hot out outside, so try to make that an ice cream. Make Good that luck. work. Yeah, yeah churn, mm-hmm. churn away. Um, there was something along those lines, and I'm, now I'm having a little bit of a blank, but it's oh. going to come back. I hate that. Um, eh. Who's got a question here? I had a good one. I really did. I was actually wondering. You guys talked about coming back to Boulder, but are you from Colorado or from somewhere else? Where are you both from? I was born at Boulder Community Hospital. Cool. Nice. Nice. I grew up in West Virginia, okay. but I've been out here since I was about 18. Cool. Wow. I've been out here since I was 18, too. It's a good time yeah. to come out here. Yeah, it was. It was a good change. It gets its claws in you, and then it's kind of hard to leave. You uh-huh. can, you know, we left for, like, chunks. Got yeah. to travel, got to have some fun, scratch those itches, and then you're like, oh, yeah, Boulder's kind of rad. Let's let's get back there. It's yeah. pretty good. The only reason I'll leave is for the ocean. Yeah. Well, so that's an easy two-and-a-half-hour really flight. I Boulder Reservoir yeah. would be an ocean with little longboard waves. That'd be a good combination. Well, but wait, Trump is working on global warming for us. So when water comes up like 5,300 feet, the reservoir is actually going to be the ocean. And we're about to be coastal soon enough. We have beachfront real estate. Well, have you guys seen some of those old, there were were some images that came out a while back where there was actually the flat irons with an ocean. So it looked like Santa Barbara kind of. So it was sort of like. The poster of McGuckins of that. Yeah, is that what it was? Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. That's that's kind of where it's we're heading. Boulder, from. Boulder, California. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think was Boulder, the California. Yeah. yeah, it's getting there. It's getting there. <laughs> yeah. Um, what other questions do you guys have? I ask all the questions. Do you guys have any questions? Of each other. Oh, man. Of me, marital counseling. What else? How do you do it with four kids? Kids. Oh, okay, four kids. Um, and how old are they? Thank you. Uh, 10, 13, 17, and 20. So we're starting to get to the place. Like 17-year-old drives and, and, and my 20-year-old's about to move out. So, so we're at a little bit of a different place. But the greatest fallacy with parenting is that then all of a sudden you're like, okay, see ya. You know, the relationship and for us anyway deepens over time. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't imagine there being a time when I don't talk to my children every day. It's I, just kind of how it goes, you know? I constantly am always thinking how dependent still I am on my parents. In fact, they just got into town today so that we can go out of town for a few days. Yay. But you still, every day you call them, hey, yeah. mom, yeah. <laughs> hey, dad. Yeah, I just I just get the feeling, I don't want to tell people, so I just get the feeling you both have good parents. We're lucky. We're really you, just lucky. Don't, you don't wear that kind of like emotional scar on your sleeve the way people like I do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom. Sorry, dad. You're not listening anyway. What the hell? Mom might be. Sorry, mom. Dad's probably not. Um... <laughs> Yeah. So, but but I mean, it just seems like you guys have a confidence about you and sort of a, a you're sort of put together in a way that 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 says that. I mean, you could be faking. But it. isn't that also what gives? You're talking about what gives you the ability to take that leap, to take yeah. that faith. Yeah. It's a lot of it comes with. I mean, there's yeah. obviously many factors, but for both of us, it came Feeling with supportive. having parents who were so supportive of us of us our entire lives. Yeah. Who gave you the confidence to yes, go ahead, try it. Yeah. If you fall, you can pick yourself back up. And That's so awesome. Yeah. You have that side of it. I mean, yeah. will. Yeah. When I was in in high school and was on sort of a more academic track, yeah. all of a sudden started racing bikes and was reasonably good at it. And was like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to like 
move to Colorado and live at the Olympic Training Center and, yeah. and not go to college. And my mom promptly redlines the letter from the, uh, the coach that invited me. And there are 42 spelling or grammatical errors. And she looked at me and goes, I'm not sure about this, <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah, because college will always be there. Go down that path. Do it. Like, give it a shot. And both my That's parents amazing. said, That's do it. That's great. Um, and I always had that assumption, like, oh, yeah, of course I'll go back to college someday. And then now I'm 37 and maybe I will. But I, but, I, but I don't think so. Life's life rolled yeah. on, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, well, and, I, and also we live in a day that. and age where anything you want to know about is at your fingertips. That's the great Completely. part about the internet yeah. to me. So it's a whole different game. It's like college is not as necessary. It just no, it's isn't. not a prerequisite of life anymore. No, unless you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, you still got to go to school. Yeah. But the rest of it, and or if it's bringing value to you, you know, in, in one form or another, or if you don't oh, know what you want to do, but you want to learn more, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a good way to go. Yeah. Now, being a parent, you know, I, the only thing I can say is this, is that... Uh, you know, for me, it's about putting up guardrails, but not trying to drive their car. That's the best way that yeah. I can. And that every single thing is a stage. Like my 20 year old used to scratch my face a lot, like a lot. And I was like, <laughs> you know, the little sociopath hates me. Quinlan. <laughs> Chill Quinlan. Quinlan's down here working on some business stuff. Like, right. right. So and Quinlan actually is one of the more laid back human beings I know. But I really thought, wow, I am raising a psycho demon child <laughs> who <laughs> likes to scratch me. For some reason, um, just he de- well, I, I'm happy to report he's 20. We, he no longer scratches me. It's good. Um, he does still try to wrestle me because it's part of his nature. He's into jujitsu and stuff like that. Um, but every single thing is a stage. And I think when I, when before is like you know the, the with your first kid, the first cold, you're like ah, oh, they're gonna die or da da, you know. And and it so it's just everything's a stage. That's the that's the only wisdom. And I can't help you, but if I could, that's what I would say. I yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Any other questions coming from you guys? It's such a pleasure to have you guys in here, and I just love your shop. And if you haven't seen Cured, you, uh, you got, you're missing out. I mean, you come to Boulder, so a lot of people are out of town visitors. You got to come to Cured. It's like it's, it's, it's such a like, picnic, send you to the hills. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's become a a, like it's weird because in seven years, it's kind of it's become like a Boulder institution, like a thing that's really really important. I'm just proud to have you guys here in the community. You, you really you serve us well. Thank you. We feel we feel really lucky to be supported by the community. It's it's amazing, and it's. I think one of those magic things about it, as Coral was saying, nice. a little town like Boulder. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. Any other questions from you guys that you want to throw out there? Anything else yeah. before we close up? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I'm totally curious about who are your role models, like business and otherwise? That's a really good question. That's a great question. That would involve having time to think about role, mo- role models. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question, though. I feel like almost more than individual people, it's, it's ideals. It's the things that we want in the to through our business champion. And I think it's, you know, it's the values of, of real products mm. made by real people, mm-hmm. you know, people that are crafting something authentically mm-hmm. um, and that, that value doing it right. Mm. Um, and I feel like there are so many people who, who embody that. I look at so many of our producers, um, the people that we get to, to share. I mean, they're my role models. Those guys are amazing. We, we do the easy part. We just get to put something delicious in someone's hand to take home. Mm. Um, these guys are crafting it. Mm. Um, and th- the ability for us to get to champion them mm. is incredible. And so much goes into it that people never see, right? Like yeah. when you're making a great cheese or curing a great meat, you oh, don't... the attention to detail yeah. and the artistry at the same time is, mm. is amazing. Mm. Um, you know, the people that have, that have done what we're doing, but in different cities before us and, and done it, um, we're part of a great group of retailers that, you know, there are about 20 around the country that that are all a little bit bigger than us. And we go to these, these gatherings and you see them and we feel like little kids. We're just like, like, Hey guys, yeah, we're, we're doing this. But you see people that have, that have 
helped shape sort of the food system, mm. um, which is in a really pivotal point in America right now, I think. Um, there, there are big changes happening, um, but there are amazing people that are driving it forward in the right way. And yeah. we can look at, look at all of them and say, you know, how inspired we are by what they've done, mm. which is cool. Do you get to tell the stories of these um, crafters that you buy from Completely. often? Yeah. How, I mean, when you come into our shop you... and you taste a piece of cheese, you know, ideally you're getting a story with that. You're getting yeah. the, you know, why this cheese tastes so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think food in general tastes better when you have a connection to it, mm-hmm. when you yeah. understand a little bit about it. Um, you know, we, we, in our training, always talk about, you know, yeah, we want people to leave with a bag of groceries, but they should know something about each item in there. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It builds, it also builds connectivity, which mm-hmm. is really what it's all about mm-hmm. yeah it's that For experiential sure. retail kind yeah. of component that you're talking about or giving people an experience when they come into the store it's not just oh i bought some cheese there but oh i heard all about the person who makes this cheese and wherever and then ideally yeah. they go home and share it with some friends that evening and they tell that story and yeah. you know that producer all of a sudden that the amplification of that little story is it's going around town right right that's cool i can see how that'd be really satisfying for you guys it's fun. That's the most fun part of business is, you know, the days when you can just stand in there and help people find cool stuff. Mm. It's not sitting on your computer or answering phone calls or dealing with that. It's like, no, no. just putting cool, cool things in people's hands to take home. Mm. Yeah, That's I'd, why you do it. Yeah. I'd also like to mention uh, you have an insane uh, chocolate selection. The, the tower even, of chocolate we even, is solid. We haven't even done any chocolate, love. You're right. Let's talk about chocolate. Yeah. Chocolate's awesome. Chocolate is Awesome. Isn't it good for you too? Isn't it? I've been I think it's good for you. Wine, yeah. yeah. It feels good. Yeah. Makes you happy. Yeah. Yeah. Makes me Which happy. is then good for you. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. But chocolate's another one of them that's grown organically through our love and cured sort of selfishly getting built over what it is that we bring home every night. Mm-hmm. As we built out the shop, we started with cheese and then we realized, or cheese and salami, and then we liked to have a big salad with that. So we added greens into the mix. We liked a loaf of bread. We found an incredible baker and we eat chocolate every single day of our lives. And chocolate's another one that has incredible backstories to these artisans, these producers and these makers who are rediscovering kind of the world of craft chocolate mm. and that has the various nuances and the stories behind it to really intrigue and entice and to teach you something. And there's a boom in the world of, of artisanal chocolate right now. I mean, it's not like the couple of European, you know, big chocolate houses. It's, you know, where's the choc- the coolest chocolate in the world getting made right now? Mm. America. Yeah. There are so, coffee, same thing. I mean, yeah. there, there are all these products that people are, are just geeking out on in a way that, that our parents' generation didn't really have the opportunity to. But now we have access to stuff from all over the world. And, you know, you could base a chocolate shop here in Boulder and you could work with beans from, you know, 20 different origins. Yeah. Um, and then highlight all 20 of those. And let people taste the differences between, you know, beans that are coming from Ecuador versus Madagascar. And, mm. and people now, like our customers actually have, there are a lot of customers who, who know those differences. Mm. Like, oh, cool, I tried from these guys. You know, I, I love like the raspberry elements here versus the tangerine. Like, like, cool, let's help me go down this road even further. Mm. Um, mm. Which is really cool. In with that education piece, a huge one of our core values is the educational side. Mm. And chocolate's another way to help share all of that education. Yeah, Yeah. that's amazing. It's really good. Well, and and, and again, what keeps hitting me from a business perspective is how counterintuitive that is to the larger mass scale. But this generation in particular, you know, I love to bag on millennials on the show. It's part of what I do because I'm an old, I'm just an old guy. But... 
one of the cool things that's happening is that there's there's a there's a wanting to know where am I purchasing this from? What are, what is in what I'm eating? Not some of these assumptions of just sort of you know take what's fed to you. More choice that's involved in it, and that can in my mind that only ends up in good places. I don't know how that goes wrong. You know? No, that's cool. And unless you're poisoning people, then it goes really wrong in a hurry. But you don't poison people, so you don't have anything to worry about. Yeah, try not to. Yeah. <laughs> but there was one cheese. I got to tell a side story. Everything you guys have is absolutely delicious and fantastic. However, my friend Pete was in town recently. And he's from Denmark. His whole family's from Denmark. So they have, like, cheese in the garage. Like, you know, like, big things that, like, stink really, really bad, right? So you did sell him something that was the stinkiest thing I've ever smelled in my <laughs> life. Like, I, I came upstairs and I was like, oh, someone's been sick. Like, what's going on? Did the dog... Yeah, yeah, he walks in the door and you know it's there. Right. And and he's like, oh, no, no, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. And the other four cheeses you gave him, I did indeed love. And the meats were absolutely fantastic. He's like, please, please try this. I wish I had the name of it. The best way I could explain it would be if you were eating stuff out of a hamster's cage. That's the best way. <laughs> I think that's the barnyard element. Barnyard. The barnyard. <laughs> <laughs> but some people really like super stinky oh, yeah. cheese, right? Like there that's are people that thing. come in and, you know, we actually, in Boulder, not a lot of people are going for, like, like love really funky, meaty, mushroomy, you know, stinky cheese. Yeah. So we try to have a, a selection that covers those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you'll, you'll sometimes find somebody coming and be like, no, where's like the really stinky stuff? And we're like, yeah. this is pretty stinky. Like, give, give this a go. It's they're like, no, I want the stuff that's going to like just knock me down. That's Pete. That's Pete probably yeah. came in and said, give me the stinkiest stuff you've got. <laughs> and then we hooked he, him up. he left on a flight at six in the morning. I didn't and left get up the cheese sit. in your fridge? Well, he, no, he uh, he left it on my desk at home. Oh, perfect. Right And I, with a bowl over it, and he said, um, please check this out. And I lifted it. It was like, bam! Like, <laughs> just, it was like, yeah. Good friend. So that's the kind of relationship we have. It, it is. It's actually, I felt very loved. I felt very loved, you know, at that moment. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, well, cool. You, you, any other questions you guys have before we close up? We want to ask any. Um, we've got all the sitting here, or we could just wrap it up too, whichever feels right. I just mainly play. Want to play with all the toys in here. Go for it. I mean, there are yeah, drums, there's, there's, guitars, drums, guitars, lots of guitar dials there. that you can spin. Yeah, there's things. There's also bring some of... wine and cheese back, and we'll we'll all hang. Round <laughs> <laughs> two. There you go. There you go. Oh, no, thank you guys. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for coming on. I feel like I have a couple new friends. At least uh, now I know who owns the place and stuff. Really, thanks. I thank appreciate it. Good luck us. and have a great time uh, being away for a couple days. I know how important that is. It's gonna be novel. It'll be good for your grandparents too. Oh yes. Your, your parents, <laughs> their grandparents. Do be nice to them. Don't call and check on them every three minutes. It oh, annoys no. the grandparents. Just go have fun. <laughs> That's great. Call me if there's blood or fire. <laughs> I'll just have my parents call you. There you go. There you go. That sounds great. Um, well, thank you so much. This has been the I Can't Help You podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. You can find out uh, more about us uh, on our social media, which is at, at I Can't Help You. I Can't Help You Pod. I Can't Help You Pod on Twitter soon. Twitter soon. Facebook. Instagram. Instagram. And you can find us on iTunes now. And find us on iTunes now. And I can't help you podcast. And subscribe. We'd love to have you as listeners on a regular basis. Thank you so much for and tuning in. And please rate us. And please rate us. And, and a good rating would be great. Um, much love to Justin. Thank you as always. Thank you, Danny. And thank you to Lauren for putting all this together. And thank you very much for the Coral. And we'll, you guys really appreciate having you here. Thank you guys yeah, for love having us. Yeah, of course. Awesome. We'll do it again sometime. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.